So on this Mother's Day, I would like to talk to everyone who has a mother. Let's pray as we prepare to hear God's word. Father, I thank you for this time. Very specially, I thank you for Mother's Day. Lord, a day that we just honor our mothers and we remember them and we bless them. I pray that you speak from your word, let Dishan decrease and the Holy Spirit increase. Lord, change all our lives according to your word. We commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. You know, um, it's very important that um, today we honor mothers. But not just today. Today we look at certain principles that we get, it, get into our lives so that it's an ongoing lifestyle of loving and caring for mothers. The German poet Wilhelm Busch, he said this. He said, to become a mother is not so difficult. But on the other hand, he said, being a mother is very much so. You know, a life of pure sacrifices with many pitfalls and broken dreams for all the soiled nappies and diapers, messed up walls and spoiled plans, and not for herself all of this, but for others. You know, sacrifice is the main word that describes our heroes today, the ones we salute, our mothers. Now, no one deserves a special day all to herself more than today's mother. I, I remember the uh, cartoon that showed a psychologist. He was talking to his patient, a mom. And he said, uh, uh, let's see, uh, you spend 50% of your energy on your job, and you spend another 50% on your husband, and you spend another 50% on your children. He said, well, I think I see the problem. Right Now that's what you call a mother. You know Mary, the mother of Jesus, witnessed the crucifixion from the foot of the cross. Can you even imagine how she must have felt? Let's read John chapter 19 verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. Verse 27, and he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Now Jesus turns to John and says, take care of her. And he looks at his mother and says, let him stand in my place as your son. You know, John, I think, lived a very long life from everything we read. And I believe he took care of Mary until she went to heaven. You see, Jesus is on the cross. Here he is. He's on the cross bearing the weight of the sins of the whole world on his shoulders. Yet he sees to it to make sure that his mother is taken care of after he is gone. You see, as God, he's fully God, right? As God, Jesus is dealing with eternal matters but as man and he's fully man he was showing all of us today how important it is to take care of and love our mothers if your mother is still alive regardless of your age and her age you need 
to love her. Some people I know they reject their moms because of past hurts or harsh words. You know, if, if you are in a bad relationship with your mom, I can tell you, even without a word of knowledge, that your life is miserable. Whoever is at fault. When you have a bad relationship, you see, with your mother, it, it really messes life. You may act that everything is okay and you really don't care, but you can't fool anybody. Friend, listen to me. You cannot be willfully wrong with your mother and be right with God. I'll say it again. You cannot willfully be wrong with your mother and be right with God. Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first of the ten commandments that ends with a promise. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. Now, not all the Ten Commandments have a promise, but this one does. God also says, if, you're, if you honor your father and your mother, you will be blessed. That's a promise from God. That is how important this is. You know, it's in the Big Ten, right? How do you honor your mother? If, you, uh, if your mother is still alive, regardless of her age, regardless of your age, you need to love her. And I want to talk about three ways that you need to love your mother because you honor her. The first one is, right, you love her verbally. You love her verbally. Ephesians 6.2, the first part says, honor your father and mother. You see, when you honor, how do you honor them? By loving them. How do you love them? You love her verbally. Right? Especially men have this philosophy. I don't have to say I love you. You already know it. Can't you see it? Right? You know, men have this problem. I, I, I remember a story, right? When a wife, she was very sad. Uh, and it was their 40th anniversary. And on that day, uh, she goes to the husband. He's, uh, you know, reading the newspaper as usual. And uh, she's crying. And, and, and he says, what is wrong with you? And then she says, you know, in 40 years, you haven't told me that you love me. He looked at her over the papers and he sternly said, I told you that I love you when I married you. If I ever change my mind, I will let you know. You see, macho man, a woman needs to hear those words. I love you. Children need to hear it. And saying it makes you more of a man, not less. You see, and spouses need to hear it, and especially your mother needs to hear it. Some men would say, I'm just not formed that way. Well, my friend, then reform yourself. Or some might say, I'm just not comfortable. Then be uncomfortable, but do it, because you're doing it to show her love. Love her verbally. And then secondly, love her affectionately. Love her affectionately. Ephesians 6.2 again. Honor your father and mother. How do you honor? By love. Loving her verbally and then loving her affectionately. Right? You know, when was the last time you gave your mom a big hug or a kiss without her asking for it? Or you just sat on the couch and you held her for a change? You see, your mom is the first person 
who ever held you in her arms. She nurtured you in her womb for, for nine months. And then you came out and, and uh, you became her first priority. And one of the uh, things in the first, her, you being the first priority was, she holds you. She cuddles you. She strokes your head. She rubs your feet. You know, she, she, she holds your cheeks with her hand. And she even gives you a little finger so you can grasp it. She changed your dirty nappies and diapers. She potty trained you and held tissues or a handkerchief for you to blow your nose. She wiped food off your face years longer than she should have. You know, she constantly touched you affectionately. Now times have changed, roles have changed. Now you're sitting where she used to sit. And now she's the one who needs a touch. She deserves a touch, a hug of reaffirmation and of security and love. You know, it would mean more to her when you hug her and show affection than even sending flowers and chocolates or eating out or maybe even a diamond necklace. No, 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 maybe I'm going too far there. But she needs you to love her verbally and she needs you to love her affectionately. And finally, the third thing we need to, uh, in Ephesians 6, it says, honor your father and mother, right? How do we honor? By showing love. How do we show love? The third point is we love her patiently. You love her patiently. You see, mothers have an incredible job without any pain. No position in the business world compares to the physical, emotional and spiritual commitment right? that she has in motherhood. Have any of you heard the saying, oh, she, she is just a housewife. You know, some men don't appreciate everything this so-called housewife does. They even dare say, you know, I work so hard and come home. What do you do? I'm reminded of a story. Um, this is of a man who came home from work and he found his five children outside. They hadn't gone to school, still in their pajamas, playing in the mud. Then garbage was strewn all over the yard. You know, then he walks through the door and he found an even bigger mess. The sitting room was a mess, floor was not swept, the TV was blaring loud, toys and various items of clothing were strewn all over the place. In the kitchen, dishes were filled in the sink, uh, unwashed, breakfast food was spilled over the counter, the fridge door was wide open, the dog food was spilled on the floor, a broken glass lay under the table and a small pile of sand was spread by the back door. He quickly headed up the stairs, stepping over toys and more piles of clothes, looking for his wife. He was worried that something might have happened to her and something serious could have happened. As he passed the bathroom, he found wet towels, dirty soap suds and more toys strewn over the floor. What happened? Water on the floor, toothpaste smeared on the mirror and the walls as he rushed to the bedroom and suddenly he found his wife still curled up in bed in her pajamas reading a novel. She looked up at him, smiled and said, how was your day, honey? He looked at her baffled and angry and he said, what happened here today? She again smiled and answered, you know, every day when you come home from work 
and you ask me, what in the world do, do you do all day? Yes, he said. Well, she said, well, darling, today I didn't do what I do every single day. So now you know. You know, young people, mom is picking you up at school because you don't like to ride the bus. But, but, or you're afraid of riding the bus, so she comes to go with you. You know, and if she's five minutes late, you start yelling at her. You know, it is unfair for you to be more kind, considerate, right, patient with your friends or your friends' mothers than your own mother. You know, if you treated your friends like you treat your mother, you wouldn't have friends. And if you treated their mother like you do yours, their mothers wouldn't let them have anything to do with you. Your mom deserves better. You know, she's not a doormat for you to rub every negative thought on. Adults, you thought you escaped. No, I want to tell all of you adult children, you know, love your mom. Show her love while you still can do so. Right? Don't wait till it's too late. You know, to take care of the greatest gift that God has given to us outside of salvation, our mothers. You know, I'm reminded of this story that I've used a few times before. It's about a man who stopped at a flower shop. He came to order some flowers that he wanted delivered to his mother on Mother's Day because she lived 100 miles away. So he got out of his fancy car and he was entering the flower shop when he suddenly noticed a little girl crying outside the shop. He asked her, what's wrong? And she said, you know, I wanted to buy a rose for my mother as it's Mother's Day, but I only have 20 rupees and a rose cost 100 rupees. The man smiled and said, come, come, come with me. I'll buy you a rose. He bought the little girl her rose and he ordered his own mother's flowers to be delivered to her 100 miles away. As they were leaving, he offered the girl a ride home. She said, yes, please, you can take me to my mother. She directed him and as she, he went on a certain path, he suddenly realized he was entering a cemetery. And then he went to a freshly dug grave and she stopped the car, got off and she ran and she put that rose on this newly uh, or freshly dug grave. It shook the man. Tears came to his eyes. He jumped back in his car. He went to the flower shop. He canceled the delivery order. He picked up even a bigger bouquet of roses and he drove the 100 miles to his mother's house to tell her that he loves her. You know, we can only do this while we can. Moms, you are the most celebrated heroes in our lives. Today, as one church family, we want to pray for all the mothers. From wherever you are listening, from the different places, I want all of you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to get around the mothers in the circle that you're in. Place your arms on their shoulders. Put your arms around them. And moms, we are going to pray God's blessing on you. We're going to ask God to, to strengthen you and to be everything that you need of him. Father, we bring every mother represented here. 
We thank you for their years of sacrifice, of service. They are the unsung heroes. Nobody really knows what they do because they do it without any fanfare. They do it because they are committed to their family, their children. Lord, help us never to be too busy for our moms. If you could take time and great effort for your mom on the cross in your death, help us to love her while we have her in our lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would uh, reward each of them. You would bless them. You would lead them. You would guide them. You would draw every mother close to you. Wipe away their tears. And Father, let this Mother's Day be a great uh, uh, Mother's Day to remember in the midst of all the chaos and turmoil in the world we are in, that you are by their side. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them. You love them. And Lord, that you will lead and guide because when you lead and guide, you always provide. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And we thank you, Father, for everything that you have done for our mothers. You know, I want to continue and pray for all of those who um, want to be mothers. You're married, you're married for a while and you prayed and, and you, 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 your yearning is to be a mother and you have not been able to see that miracle. I want to pray that God will touch you. And we have had many of these miracles over the years in our church and, and this Mother's Day also we're going to pray for you. But before that, I want you to hear a great story of somebody who wanted to be a mother and couldn't and how they cried to God and what God did. I want you to listen to Shehar Ale Lama as she comes and shares her story with you. After I got married, my next big dream was to become a mom. However, I realized that this was not going to be so and a lot of disappointment and sadness set in. We wanted to check what was wrong, so we visited the doctor and after a few scans, I was told that I had fibroids, a cyst in my right ovary, and endometriosis was setting in, which were factors hindering conception. I was asked to do further scans and it was further revealed that I may not conceive. A lot of fear and sadness gripped me, but I decided that I was going to trust my God to heal me and bless us with children. I did a laparoscopy and in that it revealed further complication. All of this was attended to and my womb was made conducive. When I thought everything was going to be fine, Bad news struck once again, this time my husband having to go through a corrective surgery. And at the end of it being told that natural childbirth for the two of us was impossible due to the three or four complications we had. The Sydney IVF Center book states that if a couple had one complication, it would take two years to conceive. If they had two complications, it would take seven years. And if they had three complications, it would take a minimum of 40 years. But the handbook didn't even bother to mention how long it will take 
for us having four factors. I still remember how my husband used to pray, not only for us to have children, but he went to the extent of praying for the schools they would attend, for the friends they will have, for the challenges they will have to face as teenagers, and even their spouses. We were in a very bad situation, but we decided that our God is going to come through, irrespective of what the situation was. The only option now was assisted conception, a road we never wanted to tread on. The doctor told me to be ready when my next menstrual cycle comes to take the medication. So we prayerfully prayed and waited for the cycle to come to begin the medication. We waited and we waited, but the cycle never came. But instead, I was blessed with the most amazing and wonderful news that I had conceived naturally. When the doctors said, I can't conceive naturally, today that miracle child is our 14-year-old son, Joshua. And God did not stop there. He further blessed us with another son and our second son, Jonathan, who is today 11 years old, was born. But God, being the God of the impossible, didn't stop there. The Lord had not finished his perfect plan in our lives. He blessed us with our third son, Jason, who today is eight years old, proving beyond any doubt that our God is faithful and he's awesome. What is impossible with man is truly and most certainly possible with our God. What God has done for us, he will surely do for you as well. God bless you. You know what God can do for her? He can do for you. Because God is the one who gives us the true gift of life. So I want you to believe. If you're there with your spouse, you know, hold hands together or as a family, believe. We are going to pray that God will open the womb. God will do a miracle. And by next Mother's Day, right, these miracles are going to be very evident. Let's believe together. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, I bring every mother or every mother-to-be and every father-to-be who are yearning for this gift of life. I pray in Jesus' name that you will touch each one. Right now, Father, just like we heard in the testimony, we believe in you and we believe in who you are. Lord, touch my brother, but touch my sister. And I pray in Jesus' name that healing virtue will flow and they will have the greatest gift of life that comes through you even on this Mother's Day. Lord, do a miracle. We commit them into your loving hands. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen, amen. And once again, to all you mothers, I would say, Happy Mother's Day and God bless you.